Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the LaFontaine's podcast. It's week number eight. Outside now seems like a strange, forgotten land. Social distancing is at an all-time high. And all the pigeons now think we're extinct. We're back though. Continuing the good fight. Myself, Jamie and Daz keep me company on these lonesome weeks. The stats suggest that we've got a a lot of new listeners. So, firstly, I'd like to thank you for, for joining us. Welcome to the family. We're a crazy bunch, but uh, once you get to know us, we just like you. I would strongly recommend, though, that you go back to the start of the series, episode one, so you get familiar with the format and what's going on. Each week, we generally read a story from our book, The LaFontaine Solved 12 Life's Most Common Problems. Then we discuss that in detail with some some added power that will perhaps make you smile. Last week, however, we had a change of pace, and needless to say, we, we ruffled a few feathers. We entered a pretty dark place, awoke a sleeping giant. Or the evil Scotsman. The definition of peak condition. So I imagine that's why a lot of you are, are here this week to, to hear more about him. So fear not, Prime will make his return on the podcast. Um, also this week we'll, we'll hear about Daz's infamous guitar solo. The first LaFontaine single. Conversations I've had with Macklemore. Jamie's encounter with Paul Weller, us collectively upsetting Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park, and then reminiscing about our years DJing at the Scottish BAFTAs before we were banned. As always, you can keep supporting the podcast at patreon.com forward slash the LaFontaines, where genuinely every little donation helps three very skinny musicians keep talking shite every week. However, you asked for it. You waited long enough. Here is another world exclusive, straight from the unreleased archives. This is Prime, and this is just entitled on the hard drivers, Freeverse Late One Night. So, uh, 
I hope you enjoy. As always, stay safe, stay well. It's the LaFontaine's podcast. But I set them goals, it's just my frustrations Got nobody else to blame but myself and my pride But it's cool feeling like my defiance won't be denied The reason there's so much emotion when I spit in the booth Is the reason that you need to believe I'm rapping the truth Too many fake motherfuckers try to take in my place But when I run watches the same dudes fall off the pace I left school at 16 and never looked back Felt I had the skills required to put my life on track True, except there's no denying Big, big response on the cast last week for the Notorious infamous evil Scotsman um, <laughs> needless to say there's been a bit of a petition to bring this guy back I can't speak for him but his, his ears were certainly perked they were certainly perked <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you think um, Prime would sound in 2020? in 2020 I don't know if Prime would be PC enough for 2020 to be honest right, okay. I think the world's changed a lot since he left and was he ready for that? I don't know. He was fond of the word bitches, if I remember. Maybe maybe now, since it's been 15, 15 years, maybe of... Hey, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe in those 15 years, Jesus Christ, it actually has been 15 years since he was got since been out. But uh, in those 15 years, I can imagine... Um, I, of course, we all mature, we all develop. Um, certainly, lyrically, he would have developed. You can only imagine it, <laughs> where he would be now. Uh, and if we actually never found out what happened after that that uh, blue murder trial, it could it could still be serving time for the lyrical murder. <laughs> what about blue murder two? <laughs> Prime's free from incarceration. <laughs> Prime finally goes back to Falkirk. <laughs> lightning, lightning can't strike twice. Well, it certainly can if the evil spots are around. <laughs> um, Do you think there'll ever be another time where uh, his unpeaciness will be called upon? You don't know what happens fifteen years from now. Maybe that's maybe that's when he'll he'll make his appearance again to uh, <laughs> to set his bitches alight. <laughs> so he can finally get down with the bitches in the cage. <laughs> the cage. Um, what, what was the cage? What was that line? Prime get down with bitches in the cage. No, it wasn't the sorry. It was it was the girls actually. Prime said, I think it was a uh, step over the ropes and VIP just turned sixteen with no ID. Don't matter though. The bouncers know me. Plus after the show they get a signed CD. Catch me live blazing the stage. 
prime getting down with the girls in the cage. Speakers blaring, <laughs> ready to blow, crowd crazy, wild, out of control. I had to, I had to flip the accent back there because I just realised in, in, in a Scottish, speakers loud, blaring, ready to blow, crowd crazy, wild, out of control, don't rhyme. But if you do it in the, I have no idea where Prime is from, what American state he was from. <laughs> He was, was about all over the show. At points, he was southern. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he was southern for a while. I think Prime is the type of guy that wherever these highest streams would be coming from now, he would claim he was from there. What's up, guys? I'm like a Mexican. Vamos, <laughs> 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 tranquilo. <laughs> no nada más. Uh, so, I, so, again, obviously... <laughs> Big, big, big petition on the cast to um, to have Prime back. We'll, we, who knows if we'll come back? There's certainly more material there. Prime, I can assure you, had over three mixtapes, uh, and KO about to blow part two was on the way. So, <laughs> so uh, was that KO for the initials? Or? Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. KO, but also stood. It also, it also, it also, it also stood, stood out, uh, stood for a lyrical knockout. <laughs> ah, you really a, a master at your craft. I was, I was. Um, so, what did you? I even had written a, or Prime had even written a rap for, that would only play live, and it was for um, the intro to the show. So I remember it. I can recite a bit of it. It was. <laughs> Let me welcome y'all to the start of the show. My alias is prime for those who don't know. Ladies front row, drop it down low. Now get your hands high like you're catching the flow. <laughs> I'm the <laughs> real deal and I'm about to blow. <laughs> it was always about to blow. <laughs> Bash my way through until I reach my goal. Get the crowd loud. You want some proof? Watch as this motherfucker loses roof. <laughs> and then he started going, I hate hip hop in the form that it's took. This gangster rap shit got nobody shook. <laughs> don't matter though. I don't know. I guess, don't matter though. The bitches love me. I kind of, I kind of mean it was that or something like that then. And then, and then any bounce. DJ Big Al, shout out to DJ Big Al. DJ Big Al uh, texted me today saying uh, DJ Bounce certainly had some cuts from the old scratching as well. Shout out to DJ Bounce. Today, did folk do the bounce dance you played? I don't think Prime played to a lot of people. <laughs> although, <laughs> although he did. Shouts to uh, Della Soul, where we supported Della Soul. Where was that? Edinburgh. And they weren't there when we played. So, uh, Also, Prime <laughs> done a tour with a guy called <laughs> The Blings. <laughs> and, uh, it was the first tour, well, it was called the Across the Border Tour, where we went from Scotland all the way to England. <laughs> and we played in uh, we played in Glasgow, Edinburgh, Birmingham, and London. And needless to say, the industry was shook after those performances. <laughs> unusual for Prime, because the industry always seemed to be sleeping on <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was a contract. I remember there been a contract offered to uh, to 
the blinks, I think, after that. But I think Prime knew <laughs> after he got the blinks, he was certainly next up. So. Was the blinks going to bring you up? <laughs> no, I was going to be like, the, the blinks was going to be my Eminem, and I was going to be 50 Cent, came in with the most gangster rapper album of all time. Party. Remember the Marquee Club? There've been well in excess of 12, 15 people. What ones? Where's that? In London, in Leicester Square. I also remember who, who, who took that on. A guy called Tony. Live, Live Nation. Live Nation. I, I. Tony Live. Tony Live Nation. Tony Live Nation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Shouts to Tony Live Nation. No, it was. I also remember, by the way, that we had <laughs> fucking hitting back to this. Night. We had a digital camera, me and the blinks. And uh, I mean, you showed me you, you done a, a Cribs video. Did I show you that? Aye. I don't have that anymore, but that's exactly what I was going to talk about there. So, and um, I was done a Cribs, and it was like just us reviewing a traveller room. It was something. It was like, yo, behind this door, we got we got the TV. You know, we gotta be watching some movies, whatever. It was like a fucking 21 inch telly. <laughs> and then it wasn't a travelers, but it was a some shitty hotel. Fucking hell, man. Was Prime's first gig at Taylor Community Center? Yeah. Um, uh, oh, and um, I even, even what happened that night made it to Prime's first mixtape, uh, KO. Because what happened? Like, <laughs> I showed up. Prime showed up, and uh, the crowd was crazy. Anticipation to hear this new rapper. No, my mum took uh, Prime's mum took him up. <laughs> Prime's mum took him up. Who his best pal in his club? And uh, Hunter and, and Leanne, and uh, I had thirty Prime, thirty CDs printed off that he wrote. Prime on. I made four tracks. Missing a bit was one of the tracks, and I had no intention, no intention to give him the royalties over as well for the splitting, splitting the profits. Um, and I went, <laughs> and he had a CD Walkman, which fucking hell, how, 
long was that the playback? Was that the playback? That was the night? playback that was the CD Walkman, and I was going, to, and I had no idea that that wouldn't be suffice. So <laughs> to take the audio out of that and and play it through the PA. So they'd done that, but they sat the Walkman CD uh, player on a bass amp. So every time the sub went, which in primes got a, got a, like music was every bar, um, <laughs> it would skip. So it fucked. So Prime never to be defeated jumped on the mic and went a cappella. <laughs> the crowd went crazy. And that incident from Prime's first gig made it to one of Prime's songs called Stupid Shit That Makes Sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I can't remember what was the bar, but it was like, it a Casey Keller, like the, the old Tottenham goalkeeper. I, I, I lied about him in it. The American uh, guy? Fuck, fuck the beat. Uh -huh. Fuck the beat. I'm a spitted acapella, so I save my rep like I'm Casey Keller. <laughs> Before I go, I wanna sum up briefly what happened at my show. The crowd seemed to love me, but the CD had a fail. Lights been down, expecting me to bail. Now fuck the beat, I'll just bust that capilla. Feminist and eight mile, be rapping from the thriller. So I saved my rep like I was Casey Killer. Prime motherfuckers, tell me who illa. I'm a crazy motherfucker, and I don't give a fuck. And I'm a blazing motherfuckers, cause I don't give a fuck. I'm a crazy motherfucker, and I don't give a fuck. And I'm a blazing motherfuckers, cause I don't give a fuck. Prime <laughs> was fucking dope, man. Was that, that was opening up for missing a bit? Oh, was that opening up for missing a bit then? Aye, that was, that was... Prime, Prime remembers that solely as his headline show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't recall that, man. But um, we put it on. We put on the gig. It was was it, was it busy? Mhm. Mm Fucking yes. To be fair, messing about used to have like um back in the day. Maybe maybe it's time to talk about fucking your your band's first days. Like back in the day, messing about, if I recall correctly, had the most popping online forum in the west of Scotland. It was like the Facebook of its day. <laughs> can you? What? Can you can you talk a bit about that, Dad? I was mad. <laughs> before, before MySpace, but but after, was it Face Face Party or something? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I people used to go. There was many many threads. I I just used to be it used to be so popular. It was a hub of activity. It was great. I know we had the proper domain and everything. Missing a bit go UK. And I remember I remember. Uh, been super impressed that you guys had before the across the border tour, I think, which I done with the blinks. You guys had ventured down to Sunderland. <laughs> it was a gig swap actually. We got that was after that then MySpace was popping and we spoke to a band from Sunderland. They they came up and played at the at home centre. Oh shit. Us. Shout out to my old work. And then we were I was there. Sunderland. You were there so you were you, I remember you telling me that you liked one of the songs chords, Jamie. That sounds, that sounds like a typical Jamie compliment there. Nice cards, man. <laughs> I was talking about your trousers.
mine solo from your your younger days as well, there, Daz, in last week's podcast, which <laughs> your people have been humming all week long. <laughs> very memorable. Very, very. Funny enough, like it's all the ones you've done since. You know, there shouldn't be no too many in La Fontaine songs. You try and steer away from the the, the solo. That's the one that was springing mind over more than it. When it tries to play fast, and I, I'm not, I'm not good enough to actually do it yet. Uh, what do you mean yet? <laughs> <laughs> so, how did uh, how did your musical journey start? Dan, tell us all about that. I think I, I had like learned how to play guitar, and then think we had a band in school. And the first, the first time I ever played anything was doing a cover of Red Hot Chili Peppers. By the way, on bass. So, did you do music at school? No, I didn't do music at school at all. I didn't even study music at school. So, but I was just with people that I was pals with at school. And, and how? So, how did you learn your 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 uh, weapon? Uh, through a magazine. Aye. Old school. Mm-hmm. I had. I got a guitar. Got a guitar. Then maybe I had like one or two lessons with this guy, and then. There's a magazine called Total Guitar, and I got one copy of that, and then that's predominantly how to play. It must have been. It sounds very seriously fucking good. No, no, no. Like, like I had a subscription to it. I got it for like. Ah, right. Shit. Like a monthly magazine, you'd get a wee CD, and it'd be like this week. There's like APDC, Rage Against the Machine, like one eight two, and they would have the backing track of the song. And it would have the tab in the magazine, and you would play along with it, and that's what I done. Ah, fuck! And and that's that's how you learn your craft. I, I pretty much I that I had like a few I had lessons as well, but it wasn't really like formal or anything. And the guy that I had some lessons with showed me how to work Q based. Right. So then it was like learning how to make songs and stuff. Daz, where where did you get your first real six string? <laughs> what is the what is the next lyric of the song? I got it at the five and dime. The five is it five and dime? Aye. What what's what is that? I don't know. I think it's I think it's uh, I think I uh, the what I take from the song. I'm, I'm talking about the pawn shop. The pawn shop in New Jersey. <laughs> Brian Adams is fake. Oh no no shit! I was I thought it was Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Oh. New Jersey? No, I don't know where Brian Adams is from. I think Brian Adams is from the same state as Prime. <laughs> Misk. Is Brian Adams? Is he maybe Canadian? <laughs> Misk. He's Canadian, Jimmy. I think he is. I think you're right. Um, but, but everybody lives in England. Uh, he, he bought the pub like next door to him and shut it down because it was too noisy. Quite right. So, uh, so you learned from a, a, a guitar subscription magazine, pretty much, does, um, which is the, the it's the, the old school equivalent of kids learning on YouTube now, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I know, no, there was no, no YouTube. I'd be pure buzzing. I'd like wait for it to come in, and it come in, and be like five new songs I could learn, and it'd be like interviews with like Tom Tom Morello and shit like that. There'd be new. It was a really good magazine. I used to get it as well. Aye, aye it's great. I was going. I was, actually, I was, I was going for my next question. There was. Uh, I don't imagine you, Jamie, uh, joining up to a subscription-based magazine. I, I don't know if a subscription, but just uh, every so often I would you save up a couple of pounds and, and get it. 
It was quite dear for a magazine. It was maybe like six quid or something, five quid, six quid. No wonder it's, it's worth us waiting gold if it's telling teaching all these and kids to play. You, you could go back to the issues of them. That that was that was a great hang about it. Yeah, of course, I. <laughs> and so, you is that how you learned as well, or did you? Uh, how did how did you find it, mate? How did you how did you work your little fingers around those magical strings? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, my brother Paul played guitar, so he was fifth year or something like that. By the time I noticed, uh, by the time I noticed that he played the guitar, <laughs> by, the, by the time I realised what he was doing, I wanted to do it as well. Uh, so he would have been fifth year, I would have been P7, and he was playing with his band at that time. They were called Last Day. Uh, I think because they decided to become a band on the last day of school. Oh, uh, smart. smart. So they were they used to practice in the, the hall at school, and when I was P seven, so on a Saturday afternoon I went with him. Uh, when they were practicing, he played the drums, but he, he played the guitar in the house. And then first few things I remember learning off my brother was uh, the like the bass line. Uh, uh, Buddy Holly with Weezer. And come as you are, Nirvana. Uh, learning the two things and then starting. I think I'd started drum lessons between before I went to high school anyway. I was doing drum lessons at the Wishy Library. Kerry, you're yawning. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 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 It's, uh, remember this is a put you sleep podcast. Done <laughs> <laughs> uh, drum lessons and it was like you paid two pound and you got a bit of a few minute lesson after this guy, but you had a beat to like I could try and learn for the next week and then when about the same time or maybe when I was in first year, I was in first year I got a guitar for my Christmas an electric one and a wee amp. And then started going to lessons at the Wishy Library there, doing guitar lessons. And then uh, got good pretty fast, so the, the, the school sort of fast-tracked me. Did you get a scholarship? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't meant to go to class to go to like music lessons till you were in fourth year, until you were doing the standard grades, but uh, they, they obviously spotted my potential. <laughs> uh, it's that the first year, so they they put me in the school band and all that sort of thing. Well, you must have been quite quite the hit at school then with the chicks. Well, see, I was see with the the school band and the the North Lancashire ensemble and all that sort of thing. Uh-huh. I, I was I was the bad boy. The <laughs> you the bad rocker, the bad boy rocker. But the bad school band boy. What? Did you, because you you smoked. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like I smoked and had uh, spiky hair. Question here from Mark Schofield on the Patreon. 
Patreon. Any to fill up there, Mark? Uh, Mark asks, one thing I've always wondered since I started listening to you guys is how you got to sound so unique and how there isn't another band that sounds like you. How long did it take you to find your sound and would you say you've always approached writing music as a rock band that incorporates rap? Good question. From Philip Schofield's son. <laughs> to know that Philip listens to the podcast fantastic <laughs> philip and um, it kind of follows on from what we were what we were talking about so how how did we go from prime american misc state prime to <laughs> wanting to start a, a rock band i remember uh, i remember us talking i mean like maybe you should try and dial down the american accent well I mean, at that point what i was the plan was to do my compromise was to do half and half so I would, I would only do step <laughs> on American. So for Superstar Lyric, it was, uh, remember the, the, the kind of bridge when it went, I hate that. Uh-huh. Um, I was going to go, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember any more of the, the rap there at all. <laughs> so, so, so how, how, did, how did it go though? So, so there was Prime, and then how did Prime transition? Or how did Prime... The way I remember it, it, the way I remember it was sold to me was to get involved. <laughs> the way I remember it being sold was Prime. <laughs> you, you, you guys were all going to Prime's back and back. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to take the live show to the next level. <laughs> we were going to take the live show. So when Prime went on the tour, and maybe perhaps another across-the-border tour, um, <laughs> You guys would be Prime's backing band. So you guys needed to learn some Prime songs. There was at that stage it wasn't like let's go and form a new original band. I had fully intentions of, of you just learning all Prime's instrumentals and playing them. And I remember Bounce being the one that we were gonna try. Uh step, grab grab your mans. That was going to be the full, the full band all doing <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that then that morphed into let's somehow that morphed into let's try a gym class heroes cover. Mm-hmm. Hey, where, where were we originally got to be called? Mind there was a club karaoke. Club karaoke we were going to be called, and what we were going to do is we we're going to, all the live shows. We were going to put the lyrics up behind us, and it would go in the karaoke form. That was going to be our USP. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, like, festival bills and all that calling you up, Coachella. Heard you guys have some sort of karaoke thing you, you tour with. A karaoke machine? A karaoke machine. <laughs> um, so then the plan was that I was going to come, uh, I came to the studio and I remember there'd been a conversation where, like, the American accent needs to go. And I was like, well, that's mental. It can't. There's no way I could possibly. And then the compromise what I was go- we, we all kind of agreed on was, right, okay, you can do a few words in American and the rest in Scottish. And uh, I, remember, I remember it being so hard to, to try and find my actual accent. So hard. Prime, prime was just to, to coming from all over America. <laughs> 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 All 52 states. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
back, I used to get dead annoyed because you used to always introduce me as your, your drummer. <laughs> <laughs> this is my drummer. <laughs> I remember you getting annoyed by that as well, but you can see where, where I'd be coming from if, if I've went to the studio assuming that you guys are going to be my backing band. <laughs> I don't know. You, can, you understand where the, the cross wires came from. So so what happened then, so we, we, we got together and we done like two Gym Class Hero songs and then... And then and then Superstar was the song that we wrote and, and, and the bridge, I just remember, I can't remember the word, but the bridge was like, I hate that, but I hate that, but believe me when I say something like that, it was going to be like, certain words in America, it would be like, I can't make any words to that song. Um, Start off with yo boo. Yo Yo. Yo, yo boo, I'm writing the song just for you. That was it. Yo boo, I'm writing the song just for you. We'll need, we'll need to try put it in now. Referenced it so much. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Just for you When you start to miss me No, I'm thinking of you too I do, I swear But you know my situation Studio time Trying for radio rotation But it's frustrating Cause I know I leave you waiting And I know The same old story You're getting impatient Baby, listen I've got no reservations But a relationship with me Comes with certain complications I hate that But believe me I love you And apart from music I play it's nothing I've Oh, fuck knows, man. But so the idea was that it was going to be like some American words 
mostly Scottish words. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and then from that, I think he's managed to convince me that I should just go all Scottish. And here we are. What a terrible decision. <laughs> Mind the first ever bit of press, whatever paper it was in, that, uh, the Times or whatever, they're just saying, uh, I've got a feeling the last one Times would already be something huge if they were from LA or something like that. Yeah. Well, Prime had that same feeling. <laughs> it's funny, you're probably one of the last people that ever feel that you would have to rap in an American accent. Uh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> like no one, like if, if you're if you're 14 or 15 now and you want to start rapping, you're not going to put on an American accent. No, it, it would be ironically the most foreign thing to them. Like they would just rap exactly how... Hi. Jimmy, what are you doing? Hey, I'm just opening up a packet of uh, bubbly bites. Liddles, Aero, Aeros. Um, any more questions? Uh, aye, aye. As a collective, what's your biggest regret in the music game? <laughs> <laughs> this one's from, uh, from DeliMT82 on Instagram. Uh, the tea in the park for me. Do you regret that now, even though it's how it's all turned out? Aye, but I, I, obviously I still regret it. Mm. Still, it gives me a, a, a sort of shudder thinking about it. For anybody that doesn't know what Jamie's talking about, um, head back in our podcast to the, the story, The Five Skin Express, and that will be completely explained, what he's talking about there. Um, biggest regret for us, I think because like a lot of, a lot of shite things have happened to us. Like, not like terrible in terms of illness or anything, like, I mean, a lot of shite things have happened, like, um, a lot of blows at unfortunate times, or things maybe not pan, like, panning out, but I think because of our attitudes always, fuck it, man, just keep, just keep going, just keep fucking, just keep swimming, we don't, I don't think we dwell on it, I think as, as people, the three of us are very like that. Which is also why we'll have lasted as long. Also, I think if, if you're in a band, the reason we'll lasted as long is because we're going. Like the thing you do least in a band is play music or shows. The thing you do most is be in a van together or in a hotel together or you're with each other's company. So he's you, on need to go on, and I think you then need to have the same sort of mentality which I think all three of us do. So the roundabout way answering that question is there probably has been some really shite stuff that maybe regret, but I think we just collectively block it the fuck out. I'd say so, man. A serious, a serious bit of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's what we <laughs> why don't we talk about, why don't we talk about the times we fell out today? Ah, uh, cool. So the times we fell out, fuck. I, I, I'm just trying, the ones in there I can think of, uh, they're usually at the start of a gig where you fell out with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like what we so thought? One time we played the classic grand and uh, I don't know, I, I had played the 
we were going to start with, it's the first time we were starting with a different song. We never, we're still going to start with Light Up the Background, because that was our new one, mm-hmm. I think. We were playing the classic grand, and then I played the, <laughs> the old intro. Yeah. Uh, oh, I. And it already started, so it's like we just had to go through it. But I remember you just you you were like you were just, I had my head down. Okay, <laughs> it was like oh no, he's, he's fucking angry. He's really angry at me. True. I think uh, the, the the one that I think is the most is uh, before the first time we played the gig in three years at the Roundhouse in London, sporting mm-hmm. that Lincoln Park gig. Yeah. Biggest support gig. First gig is a free piece. No tried anything out yet. We're so so far apart. There's a big massive stage, and uh, <laughs> like so on the way down, we're listening. Uh, so so Mike Shinoda is obviously looking <laughs> back, and on the way down, <laughs> as opposed to listening to any like Linkin Park songs or whatever, <laughs> we're listening to Lemmy rip the piss away Linkin Park. But, you could maybe maybe put in a clip of the. the <laughs> Lemmy's cover of uh, In The End. <laughs> On the way down, we're listening to Lemmy cover In The End by... Lincoln Park. When we when we get to the venue, meet the tour crew and all that. And typical Americans, American tour crews are always dead friendly. Hey man, what up? My name's Chad. Anything you need, come and see me. That kind of vibe. Whereas in here, it's sort of like you spoke by like fuck off to tell you tell to go on stage. So we rock up though, and uh, the tour manager comes and introduces himself, and then he says to me, um. Yo, would you like to meet Mike? Um, um, he, Mike's listening to your music. He loves the music. He'd love to meet you guys. And I'm like, eh, I absolutely man, so sound. So um, I go up on stage, and first of all, by the way, Mike's two hours over his sound check allocation time because he's fucking learning to play some new song on the piano. So we get no sound check. So our first guy is a free, a free piece. Don't we'll get any time we sound check or nothing. Just need to go and line check. I rock up and he's playing a piano and he kind of stops after letting me stand behind him for about maybe five minutes. I'm just standing behind Mike Shinoda when he's playing the piano for five minutes, me and this tour manager. And the tour manager's too scared to like tap him on the shoulder and say, hey Mike, this is the support guy. Five minutes passes and I'm standing there like a fucking spare prick. Taps him on the shoulder, Mike turns around and it's like, hey man. And I'm like, how you doing mate? Uh, listen, before you say anything, like, massive fan, Lincoln Park or whatever, like, an honour to be asked to play this gig. That's great you say that, man. It's, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so dope that you say that. Like, love your music. If you're such a fan of the band, would you like to come up tonight and do a song with me? I was like, eh, absolutely. So I'm instantly thinking to myself, Iron Man's got to ask me to do uh, the Jay-Z rap and numb, numb encore. I'll smash that. <laughs> Learn that song, definitely. And he's like, eh, yeah, do, do you know, um, Bleed from within. 
Don't know what it's called. No, it's bleed it out. Bleed out. <laughs> you know, it's same place from within. Please remember the metal band. Whatever it's fucking oh, called. Some song I've got not a scoop about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, I'm like, oh, oh, I'd love to meet one of my favourites. <laughs> one of my favourite tunes. I just need to go back to the to the dressing room though and just, just get a wee scan of the lyrics again just to remember. Yeah, great. That'd be superb. Well, <laughs> superb. That'd be superb. Superb. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's mighty superb. Yeah, I'm not sure. And then I run away back to the dressing room and fucking tell the boys. And I'm laughing. I'm not a fucking scoop but this song. Is. <laughs> and uh, I'm Googling it. And then I have to concede. I'm like, I just, I can't do this. So I tell it to a manager. I say, look, man, I, as, as much as I, I appreciate the opportunity, I just can't. I can't do it. And the guy goes, What? You're not you're not gonna do it? I was like, no, I can't. He's like, no one's ever said that before to Mike. <laughs> so, so I then have to like go up and almost apologize to like Mike. And I'm like, yeah, sorry man, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, but I but I, I just don't worry. I would I would maybe get too embarrassed, you know. Oh no, not at all, man. Like you wouldn't get embarrassed. Like that's your thing. Just do it or whatever. And I'm not all listening. I would definitely get. I would get super embarrassed. So, uh, so you're so you're not gonna do it? No, no. I'm not. All right, sure. And then he sends away. And then that was fucking. I was ending that story a bit, but, but that was that could probably that could have been the chance we could change the game, make it oh. a full leg of his tour to do. We could have get asked on the tour instead. I fucked it by. Instead, revising Linkin Park songs, I was sitting right in the piss with them, the boys. Mike Shinoda. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I, we kept putting his, his name in different songs. Mike Shinoda. Um, <laughs> what other times have we failed it? I remember no, one thing, guys, back in the early it, days, it, it, uh, walking you in a cupboard. <laughs> Well, me I just remember me and you fell out or something. Way back, like way in the early days, back in the like over a decade ago. I don't know what we fell out over. You used to you used to just answer things and what, which I now know is your personality. But like <laughs> I thought in like a really smarmy way. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was super disrespectful. <laughs> How, how do you speak to Prime that way? No disrespect, Prime. <laughs> the cupboard. going in the cupboard. So, remember the cupboard that was in the foundry? We used to have the keys to the foundry studio. I oh, know. I, I remember. I remember. How long was it in the cupboard for? <laughs> for, for Quite a while. <laughs> because we left the studio. And I locked up the studio. I locked them in the cupboard. What, I, what, 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 did we, what was it over, though? Oh, it would be something fucking ridiculous. Fuck knows. Fuck knows, man. Prime, Prime dri- drives a drives a, a hard shit. <laughs> I know, I know. We remember, were like nobody wants to cover Prime songs, <laughs> and I'd have been like, "We talk about that." The guy from all over, the, the guy from Misk. <laughs> <laughs> Once his songs covered, and I ended up pushing a cover, locking in it, and turning the lights off, and then <laughs> I remember you been like, "Fine, I'll stay in here." And I was like, we're fine, good. <laughs> it's blood red. The streets 
fun with no cause. Quick dash for quick cash, no pause. Around here, find a little rope, throw it in the sky, you can catch a little hope. And that's real in effect, because that money seemed to make a man feel some respect. So tell me who's spreading the bar, because I'm trying to make bread, but I'm stuck in the gut. But they say it's just a matter of time. Every Friday I'm all about a quarter to nine when I'm standing in line, biding my time for that. One job that they claim in his name. And if it don't come, then I'll say that it's fame. Knowing that it's straight back, they're just right in the rain. No change in my pocket, not a penny in name. Just a fucked up economy, declining with time. Matthew Ruthven asks, any advice to get better at rapping and singing? Like Drake? <laughs> <laughs> uh, care, only you can answer that because I can't rap. No, 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 I can say I can sing, but I certainly can do that. Um, <laughs> I remember, this really isn't my advice, this is somebody else's advice, but it's a pretty good story. I remember uh, the Daily Record, I think, flew me out to Madrid to interview Macklemore. The picture of the piece was meant to be that Scotland's biggest independent artist, as in the La Fontaine's, interviews the world's biggest independent artist at the time. So, I was well, like, you, say that, you say that, it was just you that got to go to Madrid. <laughs> that is true. That is true, but to be fair, the podcast Fine. wasn't a thing then. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it was just a prime piece. Um, <laughs> Macklemore specifically requested a fellow lyricist <laughs> fresh out of bail for lyrical murder. Also, maybe if the podcast had been <laughs> maybe if the podcast had been a thing back then, we would all get taken out and, and flew first class. Um, so the Daily Record flew me out to go and interview Macklemore about being an independent artist, and I got to sit down with, with Ben, as it were, Ben Haggerty, and had a, have a good chinwag. So I went to Madrid myself, uh, got myself quite a nice hotel on their buck. Um, had a lovely day in Madrid. Went to a few bars. Had a, a few little, few little whiskies, shall we say? And uh, el whiskos, el whiskos, el el whiskerados, and some enchiladas and some Spanish omelets, uh, <laughs> and some buena <laughs> hamburguesas, shall we say? Vamos a ver, shall we say? Spanish omelets, that's what they <laughs> I mean, um, some of your Spanish eggs, please. <laughs> so, so I went to uh, Madrid to go and have a McLemore and I had a few few beers, got myself a wee, a wee done before I went and met Ben. And I sat down with him and had a good chin wag. <laughs> and forgot to record the first half of the interview, which is one of the exclusive news <laughs> at this point. I told the Daily Record that he just wasn't very talkative. <laughs> really, <laughs> really. I thought I'd press record my phone, but not done it right. And <laughs> just me <laughs> sitting, talking to Macklemore, no recording it. And I only noticed when I went, let me just double check, Macklemore, this is picking this up okay. I'm having it in the interview. <laughs> and I didn't recall all the stuff they'd been saying from memory, which, if Macklemore was ever to read that interview, a hundred percent, like none of it was what he was saying. <laughs> 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 it's just sort of like Ben says he's a fan of the Lafontaines. <laughs> <laughs> ben says he, he he really loves your debut album, Class. 
<laughs> no, I was like saying to him, um, <laughs> so, you know, about to write your sophomore album or whatever, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with writer's block? And he told me that the best way to deal with writer's block is because it's the fear of the blank page. There's nothing worse than like staring at a blank page and nobody able to write anything. And that's generally because you're trying to compare it to your previous work or other work. So you're going, right, whatever I write now has to be better than the last thing I wrote. So you're terrified of the first line as such. So the idea is, is just to like throw everything on the page and you kind of like lose your shite ideas as that goes. But he also said that it's sort of like being on a treadmill. When you first go back to the gym, you're on the treadmill, it's dead hard. Your muscles are sore. You do that good, kind of run the length of yourself. But if you go every day, you work that muscle and it becomes, it's exactly what it is. It's a muscle you work. And that's the best advice. And proof of that as well, like Daz writes music every day. So he churns out full songs every couple of days. You, you, need, you just need to go with the, in your head, that what you do probably will be shite. Mm-hmm. But all you need to do is just keep doing it, and if you do it enough, you'll get things that aren't shite. But it's just complete luck as well, as well really. But in order to make the luck, you need to do it. Definitely. Just to write a song, a good song, you just you still need to write a song. <laughs> you know who said that? It's just so true, man. It's, it's, it's like any, anything in this game. It's like nobody's going to come and knock on your door and go, by the way, you're really talented. You need to be making noise. You need to generate your own shit all the time. Exactly. For the only way you're going to get a good song is just by by doing it. So the, to answer that question is the, the way you get better at rapping or singing or playing any instrument or anything is, is, is literally just do it. Sponsored by. You said that. Um, and then, how do you get better at singing, Jamie? Uh, smoking. There you go. There you go. Next question. Uh, Colin, Colin Young asks, um, "What are your tour essentials?" Oh, nice. Um, Jamie always brings one kettlebell, <laughs> which. Is the fucking most annoying thing ever. All, you, all, all it does is get lifted in the van and out the van and in the van again. And then it's 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 also sometimes too light to even be a good door stopper for loading in. Ken, I was just about to say how fantastic your arms look. <laughs> but like something, because it's a pen. If you don't van, want me to bring the kettlebell anymore, then. <laughs> then. Tom Tom Leeson asks, if all jobs were paid the same, what would you do? Probably wouldn't be anything particularly interesting. Fire, a fireman? <laughs> Fire marshal? <laughs> uh, uh, air marshal? <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably still be committing lyrical murder on, on the poetry game. Or really would, would try and sidestep side into the <laughs> word? Slam poetry. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I do? I think I'd be a, a director. <laughs> I like what, 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 what kind of what, like film or TV? Uh, only film. Only short film. Only short films? Yeah. 
I think I can get my point across in 20 minutes, no bother. <laughs> Short form action. I would be a traffic warden. Because I love cars. What, and be, being a traffic warden, you would get to see loads of different types of car all day? And that would make I'd you happy? All, all day, and I'd be able to tell them when to stop. I'd have the power. So it's a power thing as well. Right, I love power and I love cars. <laughs> Just to go hand, hand in hand. <laughs> hey, I'd quite like to work in a library. I'm not particularly that mad about reason for that, but like it seems like a peaceful, a peaceful existence. Aye, unless you go to Motherwell Library, we're the fucking worst cunts on earth. <laughs> I, 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 I've been up, up to Motherwell Library uh, pre-pandemic. Um, to print off forums for us, and because because every time I go to use a printer for a, a band thing, the, I need to buy a new ink, and it costs me forty quid, and <laughs> it just fucking does my tits in. So I've been getting up, it's one off to like print from the library, but I've done it so much pre-pandemic, like like uh, four or five times in over oh, space of two weeks, that they they started hitting me with like crazy attitude because you need got music computers but the computers that have that, what, still run Windows 98 and they're the slow as fuck and it's all these mad people that have never seen computers using them and all that <laughs> <laughs> and then the woman's so raging because I've lost my library card so I keep like just showing her my driver license and she keeps saying to me all the time well you, this will be the last time we let you in here if you don't have your library card we'll have to charge you next time so I, I we're up like the, the fourth Especially time. Especially with, with Prime. Prime's used to showing up with no ID and getting that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that stem over the ropes, shall we say? <laughs> and uh, I went up and she was like, she was, I could see her like, letting her lips me coming in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's still going to his card this week. Here comes, <laughs> here comes, here comes trouble. Here's the evil Scotsman. And uh, I went up and she goes, right, we're going to have to charge you now. I was expecting this big crazy library bill or like sent to the head librarian or something and it was like 150. Just <laughs> <laughs> me 150 for a new card. And I said, could you know just tell me that at the start I bought a new card, <laughs> bought a new card as opposed to being hit with this fucking attitude all the time. And she was so buzzing at me taking a charge me this 150. And then I said to her, I said, I've not got any change. I've only got a tenner. And so little people that have been putting money in it to, to, to tell that there, whatever, that <laughs> she had no change to give me. So she just gave me it for free, but she said, but the next time. Next Aye, that, would be, that, that would be me. That would be me, but next time. Aye, but next time. But, uh, <laughs> jokes on hard because now we're in a, a, a global crisis. <laughs> or before pre-pandemic as well, the... Wish the library asked me to give him a copy of the book. I think that'd be quite cool. Okay. One copy. Definitely, yeah. eh? That would be amazing. Just That's one fun. copy of the library. Behind the sky.
Carol, Carol Pendlebury asks, uh, which one song best shows who you are as a band to someone who may not have heard of you? That's a great question. I, I imagine we'd maybe different answers to that. For me, if I was just, if I had one chance to show our band off, Right, let's, let's pick one from each album. So for the first album, I would say King, I think probably would be the most instant, so King. Common Problem, I would say Release the Hounds. Mm-hmm. And from Junior, I would say All In by a Country Mail. Fucking adore All In. Mm-hmm. Hi. All in or, or Alpha from Junior or Slow Elvis from Yeah. Class. Bodies are belted as well. Junior is a fucking brilliant album by I'm just saying if you've not checked the band out yet, I would seriously recommend checking Junior as an album. Out. Jamie, how do you feel um about been about singing now? I'm fine with it. Apart from uh, the only bit that's I'm not as comfortable with is that mere folk uh, <laughs> Weren't my drumsticks now? Oh, what, uh, what you mean? You mean the added pressures of fame? Is that what you're, de- you're having troubles dealing with? Aye, well, it's obviously very limited. But uh, uh, before, I've always was well, still having to after like when you're doing the t-shirt bit and all that. We normally having to put the the stuff in the van. Mm-hmm. We're not going to and doing, but now there's the last like year or whatever, folk went to take photos of me and all that. They've <laughs> uh, never quite. They can't quite believe they're seeing a drumming singing maverick like yourself. Drummer, drummer, singer, actor, author, screen screenwriter. Uh, <laughs> Gardner. Why wouldn't why, why wouldn't they want a photo with you? Yeah. So you feel, are you finding it hard to deal with the pressures of fame now and then? Is locked down with a blessing in disguise? Yeah, sometimes I can't leave my my front door. <laughs> um, I can't go into Morrison's at all, three times a day, because uh, uh, <laughs> well, it's funny. There's a uh, if I'm out running and and folk want to say hello, but I'm thinking I want to beat my times and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and you have to stop and then press pause and maybe maybe up. I know why you're running thirty k. Very stopped every two minutes. <laughs> 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 I'm running 30k, but it's taken me uh, 12 hours. Okay. I but I'm, I'm fine with the hang. Uh, with singing and doing the drums. No, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. Quite impressive, man. It's a very looks like a very hard thing to do it anyway. It would certainly take me a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm blown away that you've managed. To- to get a handle on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I've done s- some music at school. That's, <laughs> helped. That's what it is. Because <laughs> I've got my sound degree in music at school, it's sort of, I utilise some of the knowledge that I learned there, like Allegro, which means go faster. Who's the be- who's the most famous person you've met through this and, and liked them? I met Paul Weller at Team The Park. Nice. But wasn't he... Uh, what was Paul doing? <laughs> He was, <laughs> he was walking past and I went, Paul, Paul, Paul. <laughs> and then he stopped and he was like, all right. And then, then I realised, oh shit, I'm still talking to Paul Weller. What can I say? And I was like, oh, 
I've got an Orphan Soul tattoo. Did you tell him you like the chords in his song? <laughs> I think I just introduced myself and saying that I'm playing a band in that as well, but um and then I asked him for a fag. Nice. I think that was my excuse for going up to talk to him and ask him if he had a fag on him. And then uh, I tried to say to him like, Oh, you know you know my pal Craig? He played in a band called the Medalies at the time and they'd supported them. Uh, and then he'd uh, and then I asked him for a fag and then he, he went he laughed, he gave me one and goes, Don't be asking for anything stronger. Look, Paul like he's daft, isn't he? Sign off. Sign off. He had sunglasses on. He walked away and he blew a kiss at me and then the peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> we, we met with a guy here uh, chewing the fat. We yeah. met with the Baptist, Ford Kiernan. Ford Kiernan. And he we... says, watch, watch it the way you crash the bastards. <laughs> 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 he was walking right towards us. Me, me, me and Daz were DJing at it at the Baftas. Me and Daz were DJing at the Scottish Baftas, and Jamie was there as well, just for a piss up. Daz, who was the, who was the, the the woman that was DJing the first time? Uh, she, Edith she, Bowman. Was it Edith? No, no, it was it was like uh, some who, who some BBC woman, and she get she was really snidey to me. I think she played a Teenage Fan Club song and I was like, oh, that's one of my favourite bands. I, I remember getting an email before it and so she was like booked to DJ, but it, I got an email saying, right, you need to have these songs. I'm like, what, what, what does that mean? Like, for her, but I can't remember who it was, but her, her version of DJ and was playing the song and then like fading it down and doing a mad spiel about the song because I, <laughs> I was on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That was uh, George Michael Careless Whisperer. A song features a prominent saxophone riff and has been called a couple of that since then. Over two million streams in the, in the US in the last six months. <laughs> that was taken from George's fourth studio album, recorded in West Studios, London. <laughs> Released on Epic Columbia Sony. Songwriters featuring Andrew Ridgely and producer Jerry Wexler. Maybe you should start doing that when you're teaching. It's brilliant, man. <laughs> Production on his song takes a dark twist when Michael, unhappy at the time. <laughs> but are you just Googling this now? I haven't seen that on Wikipedia. I can't remember the woman's. She, she's like a political type. Yeah, Kay Adams, something. It wasn't Kay Adams, because... Uh... <laughs> well, but, well, let's just put Kay Adams in. <laughs> let's get Kay Adams. <laughs> Kay Adams was Jack, going... Jackie Bird. Jackie Bird and Kay Adams were going... Don't, 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 don't drag Jackie Bird's name through. No, no. signed up to Patreon. That's totally class. The fact that they're chucking us a couple of quid every every month or whatever is, is well sound. Thank you for that. Keep it coming. And uh, we'll keep providing the old cast. Um, shout outs to um, 
to everyone listening, I'd just like to finish this off and, and read a wee poem I've wrote for my my papa, who he texts me because I'm, I'm obviously down in London during this. My papa texts me before the podcast and he said, Tales to tell from Motherwell, which is where I'm from. He says, Your dad's as brown as a prune, lying all day in the sun, with one eye open, watching your ma on the run. The other day, Owen shouted in. Owen's my, my, my papa's um, brother. The other day, Owen shouted in that for a hundred yards, I couldn't hear a thing. Grand longs for the days to put her coat on and get out the door. Fast or slow, time's the same. So don't waste it, it would be a shame. That's from my pap said a bit of a poet and I wrote him one back just before we come on the cast there. I says, because obviously again I'm in London, says, uh, I miss my ma's dinner and the fridge that's all with full. I miss the big green garage that holds each and every tool. I miss my grand stories as she tells a hundred tales or the things she brings me back when she's been out and found the sales. I miss my dad's shuffle as he scurries through the hall. I miss the sound of distant shouting driving my mall up the wall. I miss the wee dog with sticks scattered on the rug. I miss my wee sister. I wouldn't mind a hug. I miss the words of wisdom you pass on each day. But most of all, I miss Pap. That's all I want to say. <laughs> Did you say that? What would you say? That, that rapping has came from... from, from it's, it's been came from the family. It's been in the family. <laughs> I don't know, man, but uh, that was good. Shout outs to that made me feel nice today before I come on and talk to my two best friends. So, uh, peace out, lads. Check us next week. After three, one, two, two, three. Bye. (laughs) Catch, boys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.